0: Mike, I have no idea what number of podcast this was, so I'm just going to go straight into it and say welcome to another edition of Not Another Philly Sports Talk Show, the uh, podcast where you and I sit in an office and Jonathan Tannenwald drinks water out of MLS sponsored water bottles. Uh, <laughs> and and wears
1: ironic MLS t-shirts.
0: And wears ironic Bethlehem Steel Football Club t-shirts. I paid for the shirt
1: and I got the water bottle for free, thanks. Anyway. We're not here to talk about soccer. We're not here
0: to, We are not here to talk about soccer. Thank God cuz neither me nor Mike would be here. Soccer uh, is
1: a communist conspiracy. Its goal to infiltrate the youth of America and destroy everything that makes America great.
0: Mike, I had a la- I had to laugh at your tweet yesterday, but I'm going to I'm going to bust your stones anyway for it. Okay. Go on about how it takes a quality quarterback to win in the NFL.
1: Yeah, I know. This is um uh this was the topic of my column today and um, and
0: the headline in the Inquirer, or, or it might not have been the Inquirer, but it no, was on, in on Philly.com. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, Todd, Todd had has a great. Todd Zalecki, uh infamous beat writer for MLB.com, formerly of the Philadelphia Inquirer, has mm-hmm. a great. And an all around funny guy, I must say, for being <laughs> a Wisconsin native, uh, has a very funny bit on Inquirer headlines. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, 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 just on the you gotta understand i'm a daily news columnist mike is a inquire columnist and in our headlines um they push the they push the bounds of taste at times um
1: ours generally don't
0: yeah you, you, they push the other bounds yeah, whatever it is and yeah. it's so todd just had agreed it's it, a fun
1: it's a function of like what we think our readerships are right
0: so so they're very bland they're, they've, they have the reputation of being very bland and obvious um and, and todd had todd would 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 uh you know the Phillies would win the World Series and and Todd's headline would be local team wins big game yeah fans <laughs> celebrate so anyway Mike's Mike's the headline on Mike's column today was uh it still ta- or it takes a quality quarterback to win in the NFL
1: yes now the column I'd like to think do expand went a little deeper than that the hook for the column was kind of two pronged number one you had on Tuesday. Ken Wisenhunt, the head coach of the Tennessee Titans, getting fired. Second coach, second NFL coach to be fired in the middle of the season. Joe Philbin from the Dolphins um, had been fired earlier. Now, Philbin's a complete nincompoop. I think everybody kind of acknowledges that, that um, the Dolphins had a lot of talent. Regardless of what you think about Ryan Tannehill, a quarterback, I like him a little bit more than a lot of Although people
0: do. Philbin also substantiates your point because he got his head coaching job because he happened to be the offensive coordinator. Coordinator
1: with Aaron Rodgers. The point of the column was that You have Ken Wisenhunt, who in 2008 and 2009, when he had, when he stumbled into having Kurt Warner as his starting quarterback in Arizona, was regarded as a really quality head coach. Uh, Cardinals get to the Super Bowl for the first time in their history. The following year, they go 10 and 6 and win a playoff game. Um, So, and Ken Wisenhunt is brilliant. Well, then Kurt Warner is no longer a starting quarterback. And all of a sudden, Ken Wisenhunt isn't so smart. And, you know he's he had lost 20 of his last 23 games with the Titans in large part because he's starting guys like Jake Locker and Charlie Wisenhunt and a rookie named Marcus Mariota. Now that doesn't make Ken Wisenhunt brilliant. That just means that when you have a really good quarterback, it's a hell of a lot easier to win in the NFL, not breaking any news there. But the other hook for it was, of course, Tuesday being the trade deadline in the NFL and and all this speculation and discussion about Colin Kaepernick and the Eagles and who would the Eagles trade Chip Kelly to Tennessee for draft (laughs) picks so that he could coach Marcus Mariota and all this kind of stuff and you know we spend a lot of time you and I have spent a lot of time this podcast we as people in the media and people who follow sports spend a lot of time discussing the job Chip Kelly is doing and yeah. And let me it's, just
0: interject by saying that my theory all along is that Chip Kelly really has been targeting Mary, Marcus Mariota, particularly his offseason moves. Uh, it's just that he was targeting it in the long game and he was making all his moves this offseason to get fired. <laughs> Full well knowing that Ken Wisenhood would get Fired right. with with Tennessee and then would then that, sign that's with Tennessee. deep that's deep that's, that's like that's like
1: usual suspects depth right that's there. next
0: level I, I believe the kids call that Illuminati type <laughs> stuff today
1: <laughs> it's uh, Dave Kaiser Sose Murphy but anyway Bear with me but anyway the point being that we talk an awful lot about Chip Kelly and whether Chip Kelly's system can work in the NFL and why isn't it working now and et cetera et cetera when what mostly we ought to be looking at is. Who is a quarterback and who doesn't? You know, uh, and and that holds true for Bill Belichick as well.
0: Oh, absolutely! I'm fa- I'm fascinated to see what what Bill Belichick looks like um, when Tom Bra- whenever it is that Tom Brady retires, ten or fifteen years from now. Uh, you know, you, you did kind of mention you know in an oh by the way they went eleven and five with Matt Castle, um, but. You I, know, I you know I know on, who else
1: was on that team Randy Moss yeah exactly Wes Welker he, Kevin this is, Falk this is also
0: legitimately the equivalent the the the, the uh, analog to that Phillies 2011 team that was legitimately right. the best National League team in perhaps in baseball history mm-hmm. um, that just didn't happen to win um, um, like you, you were saying that pitchers team just had so much talent but that gets into what I agree with your underlying point mm-hmm. solid calm as always. Um, but I find it fascinating because the Kurt Warner Ken Wisenhunt thing also kind of gets into this inescapable kind of chicken and egg spiral that you right. look at because Kurt Warner only ended up starting because uh
1: Matt liner got hurt.
0: the fabled Matt liner broke his collarbone, and the reason why matt uh, the reason why Matt liner was starting over Kurt Warner was because Kurt Warner looked like. Muhammad sh- Ali at the end like a, of his yeah, career like shot in, in in New York. And I'll never forget some of these, one of these games that I was at that the Eagles just I mean, you, you looked out down on the field and you just felt bad for Kurt Warner. I mean you you think Sam Bradford looks scared at times. I mean Kurt Warner.
1: Well, I would I would tweak that a little bit in that Warner looked that way. I felt like it is the end of his tenure with the Rams, clearly. And he was playing with so many injuries.
0: But I'm thinking with the Giants.
1: I know, but the the season with the Giants, I know which game you're talking about. It he literally had
0: before. one of the worst offensive lines in history. He
1: did, and he got crushed. And you know what? When they made the change to Eli Manning, the Giants were six and four. Mm-hmm. And Warner, if you look at his numbers, were pretty good. Right. Now, yeah, the, I mean the, the Cardinals stumbled into that, and I suppose that that's the question. But I guess the, that's my I guess that my that's point, the chicken or egg you're talking about. Well, that's about the thing
0: that is was. my point is within that quarterback, there's like so many different levels levels, levels, levels to this thing, and, and I think it's. What it comes down to is it's probably not the binary we want everything to be, right. but the, the the it's why I find it fascinating because clearly, if you offered me a head coach with same skill with same skill level relative to his profession as a quarterback, I would take the quarterback every time. Right. That being said. I think there is an elite level of coaches like Mike Tomlin who can clearly win with anything that you give him. Mm-hmm. Uh Bill Belichick who who has shown that too you know in the rare opportunities when he's had to since he's been in New England. Um so I you know it's not necessarily an either or but then within the quarterback play you go, you have Kurt Warner who goes from you know 3 years in St. Louis look you know three of the best years ever played at the quarterback position in the NFL to you know two or three years of just Right, Drac, and, and and people at that time, I mean people at that time, the the you know the talking points were you know maybe Kurt Warner just got lightning in a bottle, the fairy tale's yeah. over, he's back into a pumpkin, um, you know I mean I just remember him running around in the maelstrom behind that offensive line, fumbling balls and throwing yeah. them away, so so it's like. Coach, coach is a heavily quarterback dependent. Head coach is a heavily quarterback dependent position. But to act like quarterback is an independent position, that that's like the big variable that's really hard to discern. Is right. is because because take Carson Palmer. Right. Uh, Cass, Again, same kind of yeah. thing.
1: Shot fighter and yet gets with Bruce Arians and then all of a sudden even Fitzgerald. in his,
0: and even in his first year with the Cardinals was not a great quarterback. Right. Now some of that was him coming off that injury. But keep in mind this is a guy who got traded has been traded for like six first round picks in the course of his career because Oakland did it. Uh, you know, and then Arizona did it. And, and now all of a sudden, only once he gets the good coach, you could argue. You know, it's right. like, it's well, interesting. Well, it's, it's just interesting. The, it I'm is. not disagreeing with you. No, but it's I know. Interesting. And
1: it's one of the things I brought up in the column was, and it was something Malcolm Jenkins kind of tangentially mentioned when I spoke to him about this yesterday, because Malcolm is a really smart guy and he's the kind of guy you talk to about these topics, been around a long time. You know, he mentioned, he, his line was something to the effect of, um, I've never seen anybody. Win, I never seen a coach win without a good quarterback or if he did it wasn't for very long exactly. and that's that's a variable that more is and more
0: called the Chip, Chip Kelly theorem the
1: Chip Kelly theorem of unfamiliarity basically right. the idea being that when you're Rex Ryan getting hired by the Jets and you've got a tremendous defense you can win for two years with Mark Sanchez just asking Sanchez don't mess it up for us Mark um, but once you get past that point or whatever that point is maybe it's a year maybe it's two years maybe it's three years <clears throat> and Teams start to figure out what you're all about. A, can you adjust as a coach? And B, do you have a quarterback who is capable enough to allow you to adjust? And to use Rex Ryan as an example, I don't think he's had either one. I think he hasn't adjusted at all. And B, A, he hasn't adjusted at all. B, he has not had a quarterback for whatever reason he may be he's probably part of the reason that that he hasn't had that quarterback cuz he can't judge the position and values defense more than he does offense. All that sort of stuff. But another good example would be A chip Kelly. Michael Vick. You know, with with Michael Vick um with Nick Foles in 2013.
0: Oh, but I guess what I'm saying is the, the unfamiliar factor extends to the quarterback as well. As particularly quarterbacks with unique skill sets and that ties into what we're That's, talking about as well. That is true too because Colin you look at Colin Kaepernick, Cam Newton mm-hmm. um you know, even Russell that was. Wilson. Can I just say
1: that was the the perfect Philly pronunciation of a player's Cam Newton? Yeah. Well, I was I was more. <laughs> we like, should we should record this podcast in Trenton.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, It's Cam. I didn't say Cam, Cam though. Yeah.
1: Um, you still drinking your water? Uh,
0: yeah. It's uh, it's
1: almost gone. Almost gone. But anyway,
0: anyway uh, I said Cam Newton that way because Cam Newton. It was a subtle reference to Colin Kaepernick because if you actually look at their stats. Um, you know, stats are the worst way to evaluate the quarterback position. Like, Andrew Luck, his rookie year, completely invalidated stats for quarterbacks for the mm-hmm. rest of all time. I mean, they can tell you a little bit of something, but, I mean, his quarterback rating was, like, 78 that yeah. year. And yet he was, and like— he was the only reason they were in the right. playoffs. Right, and mean, he literally took an 0-16 team and won them 11 games and took them to the playoffs. But anyway, uh, if you look at Kaepernick and Newton's stats, um, Newton is— clear, Newton, Now, now, you're, not, thinking now, I'm now you're thinking about it. Now you're thinking about it. I'm about my uh, Philadelphia accent. <laughs> Which is bizarre because I'm from the Poconos, but um,
1: yeah, we've infiltrated your mind. But Newton stole. Anyway, soul. if
0: you look at Newton and Kaepernick's stats, they are nearly identical this yes. year. And even though Newton more so passes the eye test than Kaepernick, he has never passed the eye test for me. Mm-hmm. And if you look at his performance since that that dynamic rookie year, which was very similar, it might have even been the same year as that dynamic Michael Vick year. Uh, when, Mike, a year after. when Michael Vick was running around winning MVPs. And I was saying the whole time, that whole offseason. In fact, I went to the Giants uh, Cowboys game, the season opener of that following season, and I wrote about Eli and Tony Romo, both of whom I believe played really well that night. Mm-hmm. And I essentially wrote, you know, everyone's fired up for this Eagles team, but it all comes down to the quarterback, and this league adjusts remarkably fast in mm-hmm. both the quarterback and the head coach position and if you think that Michael Vick is going to be able to run around like he did I, I think the thing that we've learned about head coaches is that they're not very good at adapting within a season they enter right. a season with a plan they install their season-long game plan in training camp and then week to week as Chip Kelly said yesterday it's all about focusing on that next opponent and they right. just don't I think it's why we can sit up and look at look at Chip Kelly and say why do you keep running the same thing over and over and over you know, wh- why aren't you adjusting? Why aren't you looking at what these te- what, what these other teams are doing to counteract with some of these things Dallas is doing? And they just don't have the time. You right. know? They're they're so locked in. But it's in the offseason when everyone kind of takes that broad view and figures mm-hmm. out how can we stop Chip Kelly? How can we stop Michael Vick? How can we stop Colin Kaepernick? How can we stop Cam Newton? And these guys are so crazy and so smart. And so familiar with what they do that they always figure it out. And it's, I mean, look at Andrew Locke. I I know he's hurt this year, but it's why Belichick and Brady are so amazing. It's why Aaron Rodgers is so amazing. It's why Uh, Peyton. It's yeah. It's why Peyton is so amazing because they're the ones that have that 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 is that is the definition of greatness is you defy this relentless you you defy the the relentless attempts of everybody else to knock you down. And right now, Chip Kelly's not Chip Kelly and Sam Bradford have not succeeded at that, and I think that's what, what you're getting at.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's you're right. It's not an either-or sort of thing, uh, you know, and I think that's the interesting question for the remainder of the season is, you know, and we've batted this back and forth before, is is there any way that it somehow it clicks for Sam Bradford? The example you hear all the time in this context is Eli Manning and the Giants in 2007. Right. That if, again, with the caveat that stats... You know, are aren't particularly relevant. Right. You look at the numbers that Manning put up that year versus what Bradford right. is doing this year not? with a lot of the same complaints. The idea that you know he just doesn't project confidence. He you know he looks like a deer in headlights. He had never won a playoff game going into that year. The and one if you time- looked
0: at their career stats at this point, Eli had like fifty-seven games, and Bradford had the last time I looked at him fifty-five games, right. and they were identical.
1: Yeah, sure. and so you know we we've since come to. I mean, I'm I'm more bullish on Eli Manning than I think a lot of people in the Philadelphia market are. I, I think... I love Eli Manning. I, I think he's really underrated. And um,
0: he's, he dealt with Kevin Gilbride for... Yeah,
1: you know. But again, that gets back to the core question that we're talking about. Like, he has Kevin Gilbride as an offensive coordinator who hasn't had an original thought as an offensive coordinator since Buddy Ryan tried to punch him out in the <laughs> mid-90s. Um, in fact, you know, he made His lost- last original thought was to duck when <laughs> Buddy came after him. You know, but by the... But, but then you get Eli with Ben McAdoo okay. and... The ball is, boom, moving down the field quickly, and the Giants you know, put up 49 points last week and lose a game that they shouldn't lose that has nothing to do with Eli Manning. But it, it is, it's, it's kind of this mysterious alchemy of, you know, do you have the guy under center? I think that's more important. I yeah. honestly do. I, you know, I don't know whether Mike McCarthy in Green Bay is some kind of brilliant strategist or master motivator. All, All right. I know is I can watch Aaron Rodgers play the quarterback position like virtually no one else I've ever seen before. You know, I, I'm. I think Bill Belichick. I'm eh, 90, 95 percent certain that he's a brilliant head coach. But again, look at his record before right. Drew Bledsoe takes a shot to the ribs from Mo Lewis and Tom. He has to play Tom Brady. And remember too that Bill Belichick didn't get Tom Brady and see Tom Brady and say, "I have to put this guy in the starting lineup." He was forced. That's to
0: the it. and that's the whole thing with with. Uh, that's the interesting thing. Is right how many how how much fortune of circumstance there is in in all these situations. I mean everyone talks about Nick Foles, uh, you know, and and you know what Chip Kelly did with Nick Foles? Chip Kelly picked a shot Michael Vick yeah, over pick- Nick Foles and then tried to find every reason not to keep playing Nick Foles mm-hmm. once he put them in put him in there that first year. Yeah,
1: it's um you know, like I said, it's it's alchemy. That's the only word I can come up with. It's it's not often that you're going to find uh perfect synchronicity like Bill Walsh and Joe Montana where you have the the truly innovative groundbreaking offensive system with the guy who designs it and understands it down to its core and you have the perfect quarterback to carry it out in every single way um that just doesn't happen and so how does that how do you make that work
0: i'm actually glad we're doing this we're recording this on a what day is today wednesday we're recording this on a wednesday by the way um so if we're saying yesterday or today or three days from now, that's that's your point of reference. But sure. um, I'm writing for tomorrow. I have a column due, and I think I'm like getting an idea as we're talking through this because, I mean, the quarterback position, it's something that you need to sit down and almost like draw concentric circles yes. and 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 kind of put attributes in certain buckets and and because, like you said, it's not an either or thing. And, and and I I'm a huge quarterback snob, and I, I think that you need to find the guy. I think that pep hamilton might be the worst offensive coordinator of all time because only that could limit andrew luck um, but i also think that in recent years we've seen some guys at least go to the super bowl who are not the guys uh mm-hmm. you know the guy who prompted this conversation that we began colin kaepernick right i mean the argument for him and that you hear from Eagles fans is, besides, A, he can run. As you said yesterday, yes, he can run before he throws an incompletion, an incompletion or gets sacked. Or gets sacked <laughs> uh, which is Colin Kaepernick's game if you have not watched him over the last two. Colin Kaepernick is not the same guy that you watch go to the Super Bowl. All you need to do is watch three games in a row. Um, I said yesterday, like I part of me hopes, even though, let's be clear, quarterbacks don't get traded midseason. When they do, they're screw-ups like Josh Freeman. And and even if there were any good, they would not be able to play well because it takes so long to familiarize yourself with the system. It's just, it's irrational to think that a guy like Colin Kaepernick who who has spent five years trying to learn any NFL system, uh, think that he could come in and learn Chip Kelly's system in a week and lead the the Eagles. This is,
1: you have this discussion all the time. I'm sure you've had it too with readers and you know, people you talk about, like everybody can name the exceptions to the rule because everybody names the same exceptions in the quarterback. what my point is, you know, Well, what if he turns out to be Kurt Warner or Colin Kaepernick? Well, the reason you're mentioning those is because they're the only times that it's (laughs) happened. And so everybody knows it, you know, knows those examples.
0: So anyway, Colin Kaepernick right now is arguably, he's playing some of the worst quarterback in in the National Football League. And very few people will dispute that, even Colin Kaepernick backers. Um, uh, The point is Colin Kaepernick went to a Super Bowl. Joe Flacco, who I have never been a big fan of, and I know I'm in the morning already on that. But again, I think if you would look at Joe Flacco's numbers and and Colin Kaepernick's and really look at what Joe Flacco has done outside of that four week stretch, and if you pretend in in the playoffs, and if you pretend that maybe that safety catches, uh, catches that home run ball. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that lazy fly ball that Flacco lofted against the Broncos. You know, what are we talking about? What has Flacco done, I guess I'm saying, since his first couple of years in the league, you mm-hmm. know? Um, I don't think those two are the guy, like the, the guys we're talking about. Right. I don't know that Russell Wilson is one of the guys we're talking about. I think he's way better than those two. I think he's much more... I think he's a guy who's, who's perfectly serviced. Same thing with Eli. I mean, he's not Andrew Luck. He's not Aaron Rodgers. But he's much more of a guy than even, I would say, Russell Wilson is. So it's almost like a spectrum. Yeah. And I think, in my personal opinion... And my evaluation of the position, that spectrum is kind of broadened a little bit for me. To, I mean, I've looked at it. It's really the Flacco issue for me where I, I said if Joe Flacco could win a Super Bowl, maybe I need to reevaluate what I think it takes to win a Super well, Bowl.
1: Well, I, I think what we're talking about and what you're getting at is kind so of... So the
0: point is maybe Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford is not the guy. I think all of us can acknowledge that. But I'm still not convinced that he's not... That much worse than Flacco. Well,
1: that, that gets to an interesting question, okay? Because I would argue that with respect to guys like Flacco and Russell Wilson, who are not the elite, elite, elite kinds let's, of guys say, yet.
0: You know what? Russell Wilson's far more arguable. Let's, let's say Kaepernick and Flacco. Okay. If those two guys can go to Super so, Bowl. So then
1: the question becomes, okay, how much of the team's success is based on what that quarterback does and how much of it is based on other attributes. You know, that 49ers team that Kaepernick got to the Super best Bowl defense with. defense Yeah, had the best defense in the league, had Frank Gord running back, had a, an all-world tight end in Vernon Davis, guys who could make plays. So, Same let's, thing
0: for, frankly, the Fox and yeah. the Ravens. Maybe that's what it takes. <laughs> Maybe, Maybe that's
1: But that my point is, okay, if you have Tom Brady, you can get away with not having the greatest defense exactly. in the world because you got Tom Brady. Same thing with Aaron Rodgers. You can get away with not having... For a while, anyway, you can get away with not having Jordy Nelson. Will that hurt them down the road? Maybe it will, but they'll keep moving down the road until it hurts them. Bringing this back to the Eagles, the question I think now becomes, okay, we all agree we think what Sam Bradford is and what he is not. So how good is the Eagles' defense to be able to kind of make up the difference? You know, what we saw last year was Nick Foles, we all kind of figured out, okay, he's really not 27-2. and But they score 11 touchdowns through special teams returns and fumble recoveries and interception returns, and it helps make up the difference, and it eventually stopped, and it didn't carry them past 10-6 and and not making the playoffs. So my question to you would be, okay, given the way this Eagles defense has looked, the defensive line they have, the the depth that they now have at linebacker, um, and the way that most of the secondary has played, particularly the safeties— Can this defense make up enough for the offensive shortcomings? I have my own opinion. I want to hear yours first.
0: I think that's a two-pronged answer. I think the the short answer is no because of the scheme that they're required to play in. I think if you look at those three, and the more I think about it, the more similar that Niners, Ravens, and Seahawks teams all were. Uh, I mean, the Ravens didn't have that dominant defense, but... They could could be good when they they needed to be. They could be be. very good, and they had great coaching. The thing that all three of them also had was a power running game uh, that could get two or three yards on first and second down so that you're playing third and five, Mm -hmm. third and six, you're putting your quarterback in a position where he can get the defense flowing one way with the play action with the, you know, with with moving the line around, moving the pocket. Um, And you can control the clock and you could, you could, you could put the game. I I mean, Chip Kelly's maximize your play philosophy is great, is a great philosophy when you have a, you clearly have the superior offense. Right. It makes perfect sense that if you have the superior offense, the superior talent, uh, you're going to want to maximize. You give the yourself of, as many yeah.
1: chances as possible. Conversely,
0: right. if you if, if your strength is in your defense, you know you're going to want to limit those plays. And I think that's what those three teams did. So to answer your question. I think the Eagles' defense. I, th- I don't think we're ever going to know how good the Eagles' defense is because I don't think it's ever going to be put in a position where it is possible to win a game because Chip is always going to run this. Right.
1: You're gonna. They're gonna. Ma- the Eagles, given the choice, and when we say the Eagles, we mean Chip, given the choice, is going to maximize his opportunities for the defense for the for the offense to win the game, as opposed to its defense. You know, and that's just a that's a fundamental you know tenet I guess on his part, and you know. I- that, again, that brings us, kind of brings us full circle. I mean, at some point, don't as a coach, you have to look at this and say, okay, I know what I believe. I know what I thought heading into the season, but this is the way it's shaken out. And so how do I adjust on the fly? How do I, you know, if you're, you know, that's one of the things, that's one of the reasons I think Belichick, most people think Belichick is brilliant, is that he can go in within a game. He can look at it and say, you know what? We're going to beat the Jets this week by having Tom Brady throw in every play. And that's just the way it's going to be. This game, I don't care what I believe coming into it. I don't care what I believe in the macro. This game, Brady dropping back every single time is going to win us Mm -hmm. this game. And then the following week, come back with, insert name of running back here, banging it up the middle 30 times for 150 yards. Yeah. Um, And I want to see Chip do that. I haven't seen that yet. I Honestly, I think you saw it more with Andy Reid over Mm -hmm. time than you did with Chip Kelly. There would always be... our. Our colleague and friend, Rich Hoffman, points this out all the time, that that things would get wacky with Andy. He'd throw the ball 50 to 60 times, and Donovan McNabb would take a bunch of shots, and usually they'd have the bye week, and then they'd come back, and they'd get some equilibrium again, and they'd run Deuce Staley or Brian Westbrook or whoever, and everything would be okay again.
0: Which is why I'm curious to see how, like, this is kind of his last chance to show that right. he, will, he is willing to do that. And so to get back to your question, I think the Eagles, I think it, until Chip shows otherwise because I think this team can run a power running game. You know, I think I think I, it's the
1: strength of the offense. Yeah. It's absolutely you know, what I they think, ought
0: to be doing. I think they can go too high receiver too tight. Um, you know, I think they can do a lot of this stuff. I think they can churn instead of, you know, theoretically blasting. Um you know, and what's interesting flashing.
1: about that, not not to interrupt you, but what's interesting about that is that get that plays on what we discussed earlier about unfamiliarity. It would be Surprising for a while if they did that because teams assume going in that there's going to be playing with pits. And that's
0: the biggest thing that Belichick does within the scope of a game. I mean, like you said, from the macro, the respect I have for him is that he's won with Corey Dillon rush for 1,800 yards. He's run with Randy Moss catching for 1,800 yards. He's run with... The thing that people forget is he had the, one of the best defenses, if not the best defense in the league, the first three or four years of right. Brady's career. And Brady's numbers actually weren't all that great his first two or three years. I mean, they were... They're okay, but they mm-hmm. weren't. He wasn't Tom Brady until right. you know that Randy Moss season, really, and he's been that way ever since. Mm-hmm. But within, and he's won with a weak defense. Um, but within the course of a game, the things that he does is is I'm I'm just thinking back to 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 the last game I watched, um, the Jets game, the Jets game. Um, he does so many varied things. Uh, he, I mean, you're constantly watching just this fluid, organic offense where Chip Kelly, you feel like you're just watching the same. You, you look at, feel like a guy playing Madden, where he plays yeah. his same formation every time and runs the same plays that he knows will work. Right. Uh, whereas Belichick's got Brady under center with an eye formation at one point, then he's backing him up in a shotgun with four wide. He's got three tight ends out there sometimes. And it, it's just like, with, this is all within one possession.
1: So here's the question, though. Can Belichick do that because, only because he has Brady?
0: Uh, I think it's a combination. The thing that the, the more. Like, would
1: I'm, we see more of Chip Kelly doing that if he had more confidence that Sam Bradford could do it or Nick Foles no, could do it?
0: I don't think it's a Sam Bradford thing. I think it's. I think the thing that the that the Patriots do is, is they know the kind of talent that they can coach in the positions. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, if you watch. Yeah, Brady threw the ball a lot the other night, but. How many of his passes actually went downfield? I mean, the thing we all bellyached about Sam Bradford for yeah. the first four weeks of the season was he doesn't throw the ball downfield. Tom Brady spent most of the night throwing it behind the line of scrimmage. The thing that you noticed was, and they're they're really, especially this year, where execution and, and good football is just at such for for whatever reason at such a premium, and it, you know you just don't see it. The Patriots, it, it was amazing to see every block executed. Mm-hmm. Every, I mean, you just just watching them run a bubble screen. I mean that turns into like a a,
1: a ballet performance. Yeah. yeah whereas, like, whereas you know Broadway a Broadway show where the Eagles you know.
0: and it's like it's like rolling a soccer ball on the field of seven year olds. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. And that's so I think it's it's I think it's a combination of things. I think a Belichick really knows the kind. I mean, look at like Rob Ninkovich. He goes mm. from being a special teams player to being a. I mean, he was pretty dominant the other night. Yeah. Um, and he a, has no a, measurables. No. You know, he, he looks just, like. He looks like he and Ryan Fitzpatrick sit on a lake in Kenosha, (laughs) ice fishing all winter. Uh, But he's the kind of guy that Bill Belichick knows. Bill Belichick can have a relationship with and know how to put him. That's the thing I think is lacking with Chip Kelly is he doesn't either seem to know how to identify the talent that is malleable to his specifications. Or he just doesn't know what kind of he, he doesn't seem to have that relationship where he's like, all right, I know. Me and Jordan Matthews have this thing, and I can put him in places where I know Jordan Matthews will succeed. Do you know what I'm saying? Are you saying
1: he has has trouble relating to to young men of our culture?
0: (laughs) All right, so it was a bad example. I think he he thinks he has that relationship, and it looked for a while that he had it with Jason Kelsey. Yes. But this season has
1: not appeared... Jason Kelsey doesn't look like he has a relationship with anybody on that offense this season. absolutely not. Uh, So I guess... It's a Tom Brady thing, absolutely. His rear end has a relationship yeah. with the ground, uh, yeah. an awful lot, but yeah,
0: yeah. Um But yeah, to answer your question, Tom, Bra- I think I think a lot, of, I think much of it is Tom Brady, but I think much more than we're willing to give credit for is Belichick knowing how to teach, and then the teaching aspect I think is very important too, teaching them how to execute because these these guys don't. Have, you look at their individual talent, and it's like. It's a bunch of cast offs. West Welker was a cast off. Danny Amendola was a cast off. You know, mm-hmm. Julian Edelman was a quarterback, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. He just knows football players that will do the football things that he can teach them to do. And I think that's what you see in their scheme.
1: Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of truth in that. And I also think, but again, it gets back to where we begun, we began. And I think we can, you know, as we get closer to kind of wrapping this up, kind of bring this full circle, is um, it's still that chicken or egg question. Like you you could make the same argument. Like go back to the St. Louis Rams teams of those the late '90s and the early 2000s when we mentioned before when Warner was yeah. at his peak and he's got Marshall Falk here and Isaac Bruce there and Torrey Holt over there and Isaac Keem in the slot and all that and yes unbelievably great skill position players all of it predicated on really Warner's ability to hit a guy in stride yeah. every single time yeah. how many times do you see those guys reaching behind them to catch a ball yeah. you know so is Mike Martz is it was that offense a function of a mike Martz's offensive brilliance and acumen b the skill position players that the rams had at their disposal c warner d all of the above and and if it's all of the above how do you grade what was most important i you know
0: i think i think the easiest answer is that it's it was the right combination of all those things at the, at right, the right time, time. At, with the right synergy between them and i think that's the argument to to kind of tie this into a bow i think that's the argument for if there is one for allowing chip kelly just to continue tinkering until he finds the formula because clearly he he said he decided that nick Foles was not one of those players and so he moved on to sam bradford and regardless of what he chip kelly has has proven that he will lie to us um he's not a bastion of truth no, so he was
1: he was he was surliest on on he, Tuesday. I just by read the, way. the
0: transcript and it, it 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 read like it. Yeah, but anyway. he, he
1: cranked the jerk meter up to thirteen oh, yeah. yesterday. He, he couldn't or, wait on he, Tuesday.
0: He had uh he'd got an entire week without downgrading on reporters. And <laughs> he made up for it, but uh, so who knows what he actually feels about Sam Bradford? Um, you know, I think I think you just kind of have to let him look. In Chip Kelly's defense, we keep talking about how important the quarterback position was, and he has this team. He has ha- had this team had us expecting this team to win every week with Michael Vick, Nick, Nick Foles. Foles, and Sam Bradford at quarterback, and Mark Sanchez. And, yeah, and Mark. And the, 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 that's the type of thing that a lot of coaches just can't do. That's right. Um, so say that for his scheme. So I, you know, I think, I don't know. I think, I think we put. I think the quarterback position is the most important thing. But I also think that you can't just go out and buy a quarterback off a grocery store shelf. So you have to make do with what you have. And Mm -hmm. I think what Chip Kelly has done a good job of is making do with what he has. And he's going to have to, you know, it's almost like we're wasting our breath because he's just going to have to continue to do that until the right guy comes along. That's right. That's right. I mean, he's not everyone. Everyone says, oh man, the Eagles dodged a bullet by not signing Sam Bradford to a contract. But guess what? Someone's got to play quarterback next season. And if they don't sign Sam Bradford to a contract, then that means it's Mark Sanchez. And if Mark Sanchez gets hurt, you're talking about you better hope Colin Kaepernick is your guy or Robert right. Griffin the third, and that's you have more. Or options. you better
1: look at this guy. Or who, you better get hit by a bolt of lightning in the draft yeah. and draft somebody who can come in, or who comes in and plays and sets the world. The on fire. team, the
0: teams that entered last season needing to acquire their quarterback in the offseason are the Houston Texans, who ended up getting Brian Hoyer, and will likely end up getting a top five pick in the draft, and the Cleveland Browns.
1: Well, the, the, I mean, likely that they're near the top yeah. of the division right now. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> That All division teams, is so awful. The, yeah,
0: they might. The Colts might be the first team to uh, to go to a playoff game, and if they had not gone to the playoff game, had a top five pick in the draft. <laughs> but um, there's
1: going to be a team, seriously, that, that, between the NFC East or the AFC South, there may be a team that, if it made a Super Bowl run, would finish with a losing record anyway. <laughs> Think about that.
0: The uh, but anyway, so but but then the the, the two other teams were uh, the Cleveland Browns, and they ended up going for Josh McCown, and mm-hmm. you know, I mean. They've been about what you would expect. And then you have the, the Jets with Ryan Fitzpatrick, which worked out, but I don't know that anyone would say that's that's a testament to Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick is about your best-case scenario. No,
1: and that and that gets back to, again, what we talked about before. Scenario and fit. He's playing for Chan Gailey, right. an offensive coordinator who knows him well, knows what he can do. And has had a modicum of success with him in the past.
0: And I guess what I would say is that, okay, you want to get rid of Sam Bradford, but if Ryan Fitzpatrick is the best quarterback that came out of last year's offseason, then probably it's it's about that level every offseason. Yep. Uh, you know, is Sam, has Sam Bradford really been that much worse than Ryan Fitzpatrick? And and we haven't watched Ryan. The, f- the problem with us is our familiarity yeah. with Sam we watch him every day. Right. You know, but, but if you look at, if you talk to Jets fans, they might be saying the same thing about Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's you right. Know? Um, That's right.
1: So basically what we, the so Eagles need to do nothing. is go get Ryan Fitzpatrick and hire Bill Belichick, and everything will work.
0: All right. Well, you know what, guys? I don't know if we even need to have another podcast for the rest of the season. The Eagles. Uh, we figured out all their f- problems. for this the one Novacare way. Um, teach Jeff Kelly how to use an iPod. And uh, we'll see you in the Super Bowl. For now, I'm Dave Murphy. And on list. Philadelphia Daily News. And
1: I'm Mike Sealski, columnist from the Philadelphia Inquirer.
0: And big shout out to Jonathan Tannenwald, our producer.
1: Can I ask one question? Yes. Uh, since you just gave me a shout out. Am I allowed to be cynical about the idea of Eagles fans watching 349ers games?
0: Uh, absolutely.
1: Okay. As I just seem to remember, for most of the years that I've lived here, I've lived here for about 12, 14 years now. Most of the years that I've lived here, everybody's been yearning for a pocket passer, and now they've got one, and now they want a mobile quarterback. So.
0: Well, Welcome to Philadelphia. Uh, Well, that's it. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week.